Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hey, welcome to Unabridged. This is episode 183. Today we are doing our 2021 Reading Challenges Mid-Year Check-In. Before we get started with our episode, we want to let you know that we have a great partner in Libro FM. We absolutely love this audiobook company whose goal is to support independent bookstores. So when you buy audiobooks from Libro FM, part of that purchase price goes to independent bookstores and you can choose an independent bookstore to support. So if you have a local independent bookstore you love, this can be a great way to support them through your audiobook purchases. If you go to our website, unabridgedpod.com slash partners and use the code unabridged, there's a link there. You can get two free books the first month. And I will say we are all also part of their ALC, Advanced Listening Copy Program. And every month we get some great books. Oh my goodness, the ones for June were phenomenal picks. And those also support your independent bookstore that you have chosen on their website. So that's a great program to sign up for. You can find more information about that on Libro FM's site. All right, to get started today, we are going to do our bookish check-in. Sarah, what are you reading? I am reading Kelly Yang's Parachutes, and it is actually my June Beyond the Bookends reading challenge pick for an Own Voices book. And we read Kelly Yang's Front Desk a year or so ago, which is a middle grade read that we all just adored. And so I saw this actually on Libro FM and also Libro FM has an awesome sales page. So if you just, I always just Google Libro FM sales audiobooks and this was listed there and you can just purchase them. And this one was there and I, I knew I loved Kelly Yang's front desk. So I thought I hadn't heard about parachutes, but I thought I would go ahead and give it a give it a go. And this is actually a YA book. Definitely, definitely YA. And it is about a girl named Claire who lives in China and her parents decide to send her to private school in America to finish her high school career because she did poorly on one of the Chinese exams that are given to try to place students when they're going to university. So so she scored poorly And her parents were worried that she wouldn't get a good placement. And so they sent her to America to go to a private school and they are all, they're very wealthy. And so one perspective is her, that's Claire. And then the other perspective is Danny. Danny is a student at this private school that Claire is going to be going to. She is a scholarship student. She and her mom work for a cleaning company that cleans the houses of the kids that go to that school. And basically what happens, the way that their lives intersect is that Claire is placed at Danny's home as her her, like host family. So it's Danny and her mom and then Claire and Claire takes a room there because Danny's mom needs more money to be able to live. So there's all of this really rich discussion about classism. There is a lot of really interesting dynamics between 
the parachutes, that's the, where the name comes from, the parachutes who come from China and go to school in America, but are not American citizens. And then the American born Chinese, there is a lot of very interesting dynamics between those two groups. This book also takes into sexual harassment by people in power. They, it, it explores that. There is a sexual assault. So there are some trigger warnings in it, but golly, that, I mean, it is just so rich with information. And the author's note by Kelly Yang at the end is so powerful. I, I just finished it, so I am cheating a little bit, but I just really loved it. I thought it was really powerful. It I learned so much. I didn't even realize that parachutes was a name that was given to students who came over to America to attend private school. And I mean, just the exploration of class and race dynamics. I mean, it was really, really good. I really loved it. So that is Kelly Yang's Parachutes. I want to read that so much. Yeah, me too. I, I wanted to read it because I loved her work, but I hadn't heard much about what it was about. And that sounds absolutely fascinating. And the audiobook was fantastic. So. Mm. Ashley, how about you? What are you reading? So it's funny because mine is also an audiobook and I also just finished it. So I'm cheating just a little bit. So that's funny. But I mean, I similarly had a glowing review of it. So I wanted to share it for my check-in. So I finished this one yesterday, but this is Leah Johnson's You Should See Me in a Crown. And I had been wanting to read this one and then saw that it was available on audio and it was a great listen. I would have loved it on print as well. But this is about Liz Lighty, and she is a remarkable young woman in high school. And she's in band. She's really focused on music. She's a great student. And yet she finds herself right at the beginning. She realizes that she has not received the scholarship she hoped to receive for the college of her choice. And because of that, she really doesn't have a way to go. And so she's trying to navigate that. And in their community, the prom queen and prom king get a $10,000 scholarship. So it is this interesting situation where Liz lady who right from the beginning you can tell is not exactly the kind of person who would be super concerned about winning winning for prom finds herself in a predicament where her best pathway toward this the future that she thought she had lined up for herself is by pursuing an election of herself as the prom queen and so that's the premise of the story and it is that dynamic of a school that is entirely focused on an event and how that can be really cutthroat and everyone can be all consumed by it. And so you see all of that, kind of the workings of all the things that they go through every year, all the traditions, all of the adults in the community who are tied up in this prom situation leading up to the crowning of the king and the queen. And you also see Liz working to find her way. She's working to find her way in herself and also in the community. And so it's interesting because in a lot of ways she has kind of tried to be small and to stay out of the spotlight. And then she comes to find as the story progresses that that's not her true self. And that in a lot of ways she is made to be in more of the center of things and that she is comfortable there. And she does know 
her place and the place that she's tried to fit herself that whole time in high school is actually not the place that she really should be or is best suited for. And so she's having some of those revelations. She definitely makes some missteps along the way, but all of them are missteps that are very understandable as we know her as a person. And she's trying to navigate all the parts of herself. And so in doing that, she wants to cover up some of the things that she thinks people will not be accepting of, but sometimes her attempts to keep those parts of herself private hurt the people she loves. So I think we just see a lot of the ways that it's hard to navigate yourself in a space that you think you are different from the space, that that's hard, but also that in doing it, you're empowering not only yourself, but the people around you. And there's a lot of celebration of that. And so I just absolutely loved it. This was definitely a book I thought of you, Sarah, because it was definitely a book that I wanted to hug and <laughs> that I just had that really great feeling about of loving the characters, loving what is coming to pass for them and celebrating all of the achievements with them as they go. And so again, that's Leah Johnson's You Should See Me in a Crown. And I think that Johnson does a remarkable job of hitting some really important issues with nuance and exploring them in a meaningful way, but also maintaining this really hopeful, really happy feeling throughout the book that I think is a hard, hard line to walk. So yeah, I loved it. I love that one. I really want to read that. And it's so funny that you mentioned it because every time I go on Amazon, that book is in the bottom of my screen. It's like, you will like this book. Uh-huh. You definitely will. <laughs> I read that with the Totally Teen Buddy Read on Instagram. And it was one of those that made me so giddy happy. I just wanting to give the book a hug is a perfect description. <laughs> it's so, it deals with such serious yeah. things. And yet it is so sweet and so happy and so joyful. Oh, it's great. I want to read that. I'm trying, I'm trying to resist go like, like Googling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you will love it. And it was great on audio. So Jen, what about you? What are you reading? So I am reading, ironically, thanks to Libro FM's ALC program, <laughs> The Maidens by Alex Michaelides. And I was anxious to begin this because I absolutely loved The Silent Patient. I thought it was a thriller whose twist totally worked for me. And so I was anxious to see what the next installment from this amazing author would look like. It, it's a tough one to describe. I feel like the plot's a little slippery, so I'm just going to lay out parts of the premise, but it's got a lot of threads that it's weaving together right now. I'm almost exactly halfway. But the main character is Mariana, though it does alternate between some other perspectives that are unnamed at this point. And Mariana is a group therapist. She It begins the book with her and she has a difficult patient who she's dealing with, who wants their relationship to be not in a romantic way, but he just wants a lot of attention from her. He basically wants a one-on-one -on -one therapist and that is not what she is trained to be. She is also grieving the death of her husband, Sebastian. He died, I think a year ago. And she is still contending with that loss. And she gets a call from her niece, Zoe, because there has been a murder on her college campus. And she thinks that it is her friend, Tara. And 
indeed it was. So Mariana travels to the college campus where she also attended college and where she met Sebastian. And so she has all of these memories there that are sort of intertwined through the book. But she goes to the college campus to comfort Zoe. And it turns out that the psychologist that the police have called in to help investigate the murder is someone that she went to school with. So she is able to get increased access to the case and to information about the case beyond what she would normally have. So Zoe really thinks that the person who killed her friend is this classics professor, Edward Fosca. And Zoe just thinks that his relationship with Tara was inappropriate and that he is the most likely suspect. And so Mariana starts kind of investigating him or trying to learn more about him. She and Zoe attend a lecture and he's kind of like a rock star on campus. His lecture is packed out. People are sitting on the floor to listen. He has this group of girls. They call themselves the maidens and they are the ones that are invited to study with him more closely than his normal students. And they are all beautiful and have these connections to wealthy or important people. When they're at his lecture, they're all dressed in white. And so it's very much this strange, strange kind of group. So, so that's where I've left off. So I feel like we are set up with all of these really interesting threads. Mariana definitely, she is narrating her part and she definitely, I would say is an unreliable narrator because she's dealing with so many other things. So yeah, it's it's very intriguing. I just, and it's good. I can't give spoilers because I don't have anything figured out yet. I just feel like the groundwork is laid for this really intricate investigation. And also just to see the way Mariana's character is coming together is really fascinating. So that is The Maidens by Alex Michaelides. And I'm loving it so far. It is very atmospheric and just what I was kind of looking for right now. So that one sounds so intriguing. Did you read The Silent Patient, Ashley? No, I never read it. I had Sarah's on my shelf for a long time. And then when I was getting ready to pack things up, I feel like I passed it back because I didn't wind up reading it. I really wanted to, but I was excited to see this one. And I think that we've talked before about thrillers on audio, and I do think that works better for me. It's just that I, do, I think I would enjoy The Silent Patient. But a lot of times I find that when they're on my shelf, I just don't get to them. I mean, it's not that I don't want to read them. I just always wind up picking up something else instead is kind of what it is. But the ones that I've enjoyed the most have definitely been on audio. So I was excited to see that as an ALC and I will listen to it. All right. Well, we are going to get on to our main discussion now. So back in January in episode 162, we introduced our reading challenges for the year. Each of us decided to take on some different challenges. We have one in common and we talked about the reasons we chose those. So we just wanted to give you all a little bit of an update as to how we're doing with those challenges and whether we have any reflection at this point. So Ashley, do you want to start us off? Sure. So I guess I'll share about our unabridged challenge first, and then I'll talk a little bit about the one I'm doing individually. For unabridged, I have read a lot of the challenge. Part of that is because we have worked 
on making sure that we're including some episodes that deal with different categories. And so that's given me a chance to touch on some that I might not have touched on otherwise. I mean, I'm always reading middle grade and YA. And so some of the categories that we have, I think that I could easily check off. I'm always reading romances, so it's easy to read a romance by a person of color. Those, some of those categories are, you know, I could have many choices by the end of the year, but some of the other ones I might not have touched on, but like the retelling of a classic, for example, or the fairy tale retelling, but we really had a great time reading those and sharing some for our episodes. So that's helped me a lot. And it's always feels good to be accomplishing a goal. So I'm doing well on that one. I have two more categories to go on that one. I still need to do two books by one author. So it can be two books written in different genres or for different age groups, but I haven't done that category yet. And I also haven't done the graphic novel category yet. So I have some ideas for the two of those that I would like to do. In fact, I have the entire March series that I would like to read for the graphic novel because that's been on my list for a long time. And so I would like to read that, but those two categories I have not actively read for yet. Otherwise, I think that I've checked them all off. So that feels good. And the other one that I am doing this year is the Uncorked Reading Challenge. And that one's been a lot of fun for me. I'm new to it this year, but the Uncorked Librarian has a great account on Instagram. She's from Asheville, which I shared when I picked this at the beginning of the year that I went to school close to there and my husband's grandmother is from the area right outside there. And we've spent a lot of time in Asheville. So she does a lot promoting kind of restaurants and businesses in the Asheville community as well. And I like that because even though I'm not there now, I really feel close to that community and love the Asheville area. And the reading challenge has been great. The Facebook group is active and they have some good suggestions and the Uncorked Librarian sends out some suggestions each month. This one is a monthly challenge. And so each month there is a category that you're reading for. And so far I've been successful, but as the months have progressed, I've gotten farther behind. So in April I was reading, it was supposed to be a book set on a train. And so I was reading The Last Train to Key West with Chanel Clayton's book. And I started it in April, but I didn't finish it until May. And then my May book, I started on May 31st. That was supposed to be a book set in India and I'm doing Interpreter of Maladies for that one. And so I was running behind on it. And the one that I'm planning to do in June is Before the Coffee Gets Cold. That's Toshikazu Kawaguchi is the author of that one. And the category for June is a book that has a beverage in the title. So that's just one, <laughs> that's just one that I have wanted to read. And it also has, of course, the coffee in the title. So I'm excited to read that, but I haven't read it yet for June. So again, I'm just kind of a little bit behind for the months. I need to get caught back up. I, when our family was in transit, my book was a physical book. And so <laughs> I left that one in America and that got me a little off track, but I am catching back up. But I do, I've shared a couple of times in our reading check-ins, I guess, that I've really enjoyed having a monthly challenge. It's been good for me to just have one book a month that I make sure that I read that fits in because it helps me some with my pacing. I learned in 2020 that it is hard for me to make sure that I pace myself. And so I did a lot at the very end of 2020 that was kind of stressful to try to frantically finish the one that I had chosen. And I'm glad to be avoiding that this time. So 
I do need to pick up my pace a little bit and make sure that I'm reading in the month. But otherwise, I feel pretty good about where I am with both of those. And I do think I've read some things that I wanted to read, but kind of that gave me the nudge. Like I did Transcendent Kingdom, the Yacht Jesse book that I really wanted to read, but I might not have read it if it hadn't been for it fitting the category. Same thing with The Mermaid from Jeju. I wanted to read that one, but I did it for... Um, Sumi Han is the author of that. I did it for the March book because it's featuring a strong woman. So, you know, it's that kind of thing that there are books I wanted to read anyway, but it's been nice to give it a nudge so that I give it a try. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's one really good thing about reading challenges. Just that little extra, little extra push. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's what I was saying about the thrillers. You know, I think sometimes you need a little nudge because there's so many books competing to be the next book. Mm -hmm. And even if you want to read them, sometimes you need a good reason to pick it up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sarah, how about you? How are your challenges going? Oh my goodness. So much better than last year. (laughs) So for Unabridged, I'm pretty much through everything except the two. So I'm about 80% done. I still have to do the graphic novel and the books by an author who writes for different ages. So those are the two Mm -hmm. I've left to go. So I'm really have enjoyed that. And then um, the other book challenge I'm doing is the beyond the bookends reading challenge for 2021. And that is set up. There's a different category for every month and I'm up to date. So, So parachutes was for June and it was for an own voices author. And like Ashley said, I've also read some books that I probably wouldn't have picked up that I had on my my backlist. One of the ones that I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have gotten to for quite some time is The Unraveling of Cassidy Holmes, which I had. And that was for May. And for May, it was to read a book about a faux celebrity. So mm. I had that book and I was, I thought, oh, I'll just read that. And I actually, and it was a very interesting book and I'm glad I read it and I probably wouldn't have gotten to it. And my next one for July is a book set in Japan. So I have been looking for books set in Japan that I think will be interesting for me. So I have really, really enjoyed this. I really like the format it has been the most successful one I've done so far and I've kept up with it. And so I feel very proud of myself at this check-in because if you remember last year, it did not go well for me. So I'm very happy <laughs> with my performance. <laughs> I think you just have to say 2020 and everyone gets a pass for everything that did or did not happen in 2020. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how about you, Jen? How's your, how are your reading challenges going? So mine are going pretty well. Uh, So I do want to say, I forgot to mention this at the beginning. I am a spreadsheet fan. And so I keep track of all of mine in my spreadsheet where I also keep track of my books read. And if you would like to join the Unabridged Podcast Reading Challenge, we have a tab built into the spreadsheet for that one. All you have to do is sign up for our newsletter, which you can do at our website, unabridgedpod.com. And we have the categories built in there. And I will say I love our reading challenge, but I do think you could very reasonably join it at this point and still be able to get it done by the end of the year. And again, as Ashley pointed out, we've been offering recommendations for those categories all year. So you could look back at our previous episodes or at our bookish faith posts at unabridgedpod.com that we post every Monday and we have a lot of good options for you there. So I'm also 80% done with that reading challenge. I also need to do the two books by an author written in different genres or for different age groups. I'm doing Sherry Thomas. So I read one of her YA fantasy books 
And then I'm going to read one of her Sherlock Holmes retellings. I love that series so much. So I already know what I'm reading for that. And then I need to do a behavioral science book. So those are the two I have left for that. And that one's been fun. I will say reflecting on that, I've realized how many retellings I read because I have read multiple books for those categories. And I had that epiphany that, oh yeah, I need to read these other categories too. So the other challenges I'm doing are the tournament of books, which happens every March. And I read all 17 of those 17 picks, but until the end of March, that was really, that those were my primary books that I was reading other than things for the podcast and other buddy reads I was doing. So that one's pretty intense. I'm now working, I didn't say this in my original challenge, but I decided to go for it. Every summer they have a camp TOB and they pick six books for the summer and the one that wins makes it onto the bracket for the next year. So the winner from this summer will be on the March 2022 bracket. And they're books that I wanted to read anyway. So I just decided to try to read through those. So I'm one of six down for that one. And then the last one has been the one because I was reading for our reading challenge and for the tournament of books, the 21 backlist in 2021, I hit May and I think I'd read like one book from that list. My own shelves have not been my source of reading this year. And so I am trying not to sign up for buddy reads in June and July and to just really focus on my own shelves for a little while. So I'm only 47, just over 47% done with that one. I've read 10 of 21 books, but I've made a lot of progress in, I made a lot of progress in May and I'm working on one now in June that will help me reach those. And I think that's a challenge I need to continue doing because I'm so swayed by new books coming out and by the great buddy read things that people are doing on Instagram that are books I want to read, but they're books that I don't necessarily always have. And so I need that little push to read the books that I actually own. <laughs> that's always a problem for me. So yeah, so I think they're going pretty well, but I definitely have to be intentional about some of these. They, they aren't things that just happen as part of my normal reading, which is the reason we do challenges. So yeah, I think it's been a good year so far. Well, we invite you all to participate in the Unabridged Podcast Reading Challenge. So again, if you want more information beyond what we've provided, we have a page for that set up on our website. So unabridgedpod.com slash reading challenge 2021, and you can find out more. All right. To finish out our episode, we are going to do our Give Me One segment. And today's topic is technology you can't live without. So Sarah, what's one technology piece of technology you can't live without? So I, I decided not to go with the, I mean, of course my phone, but I feel like that's like <laughs> a no brainer for everyone. So I'm going to go with my smart scale. I got a Rinfo smart scale and basically what it is is an app. I put an app on my phone and then it connects to my skull via Bluetooth. And so I can just step on my scale and it records my weight and other things. And I also have a smart tape measure I, that I can also connect to that app. And so I can do measurements and stuff. I like to track that stuff. And so I, I really like it. It's so easy. And I like that I don't have to, I mean, it does seem really lazy of me not to want to type it into like my fitness pal, but I don't like doing that. So I uh -huh. just enjoy turning the app on, stepping on the scale, and then I don't have to think about it. So I really like it. I'm into it. So that's my smart that's scale. Cool. That nice. means, so, yeah. That's cool. Huh. 
Ashley, how about you? Yeah, so this one may be obvious, but I have to say that I do have the Apple Watch that goes with my phone. And that is something that at this point, it would be hard for me to live without. So I was I was really skeptical about whether I wanted it. And the thing that I did find refreshing is, I mean, they it was expensive. I don't have one that I have to have my phone near me in order to use it. So I don't have one that has the data on its own. And so that means that there was an upfront cost, but I don't ever pay anything else for it. And that's just worked really well for me. I think the thing that I like the most is that I can not feel tied to my phone, especially when I'm in situations where I am wanting to, I'm not with my family. I want to make sure that I know what's going on, but I don't want to leave my phone on. I don't want to have to leave the sound on. The watch is just really great for that. And so I really like it for that. But I also just find that there are some other components of it that are smooth and seamless that have enhanced my quality of life. So it is something that I really love. And my one tip is that if you get one, I did get Apple Care, thank goodness, because very quickly after I got it, my young child dropped it on the ground and it shattered the screen. So I now always have this like $15 popover case on it and I do not wear it without it. So that was something I should have done in the beginning because I do have small children and it is a little clunkier looking, but well worth it because that, <laughs> that happened up front and then I've never had any problems since. So I do think that it is wearable technology. It's made to sustain some, it's, it's made to sustain some hits, but I had it at the gym and it fell on the tile. And so um, it's not made to take that kind of hit. And so I feel like I learned yeah. something from that, <laughs> but I do really love having the watch. And so, yeah. That's been, I think, in general, wearable technology that has the GPS and stuff like that has been mm -hmm. really great in the recent years. There's been a lot of improvement in that arena. So what about you, Jen? What's yours? Mine feels sort of antiquated compared to yours, but I use this probably every day. So I'm a book junkie, but I'm also a movie and TV junkie. And so imdb.com, it stands for Internet Movie Database. I may have shared about it on the podcast before, but I just love that website. So it just has basic information about movies and TV shows. And it's an easy way to look up actors. If you see that person and you're like, who is that? I can look at that and it will tell me what they've been on. It has reviews. It has different little trivia facts. It has spoilers and bloopers and parent guides. And I just use it all the time. So that is not quite as fancy as either of your choices, but it's a website that I use all the time. It also has an app. So it's on my phone and on my computer, imdb.com. I love it. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We would love to know if you're doing reading challenges, how they're going. And again, if you have not signed up for the Unabridged Pod Reading Challenge, we also have some communities set up for that where we share ideas. So when you sign up, you can join those if you want to. Just head over to unabridgedpod.com for more information. Thanks so much for listening. have comments or opinions about what you heard today we'd love to hear them you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at underbridge pod or on the web at underbridgepod.com for a list of ways to support us we'd like to thank jared featherstone who composed our theme music strings of light and katie amy of amy photography our podcast photographer thanks for listening to unabridged